It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. Ten months, more than 40 episodes into our podcast Decal Download. It's just one of the many ways we work to keep the lines of communication always open here at Georgia's Department of Early Care and Learning. As you know, we're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, our YouTube channel. And Commissioner, occasionally we like to gather up questions and comments we receive and ask you to respond. So with your permission... This is going to be one of those episodes. All right. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you excited? I can't wait. Yes, I'm very excited. Hot seat, no guests, That's right. just you. That's just me. So, um, and actually, when you go into our podcast, one of our most popular was the very first one we did, which was a chat with the commissioner. Oh, so right? we'll see if okay. we can okay. up those listeners again uh, with this episode. I don't know if folks enjoy hearing from you directly on uh, a lot of the things. Let's start with a 30,000 foot view question. It's been said that kids ages zero to three are in the midst of an irreplaceable time of neurological development. That's pretty impressive. How is Georgia and how is DECAL making the most of that time in our children's lives? So DECAL's vision is to ensure that all children have access to high quality child care. And that goes back to what you refer to as neurological development. It's easier to say brain development. Uh, We know so much about brain development and how much of the brain uh, does develop in those first three to four, five years of a child's life. And then you combine that with the early learning experience. You're just setting them up for future success. And so everything we do is focused on quality um, and increasing quality in early childhood education programs. And so uh, we work with child care providers to help them increase their quality, usually through our quality rated system. Um, But also part of that is supporting the workforce or supporting those teachers and how do you deliver that quality, which can be through quality rated. It can uh, be through Project Little and other professional development opportunities that we provide. But it's also how do we support families in accessing that quality because we know child care can be expensive and um, sometimes as much as in-state tuition here in Georgia for infant care. And so we want to make sure that we can help families not only understand the importance of quality child care, but also how can they afford it. And we do that mainly through our CAPS program, which is our um, child care and parent services program, which helps pay for child care for uh, families who are working or in school and may have low incomes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you kind of it's kind of a multifaceted approach, but everything we do is focused on how do we increase access to quality, but that access piece is just bigger than just the supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And you've often emphasized that it should be the same quality experience regardless of where you live. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, we have quality rated in every county in Georgia, um, but we're continuing to work to raise those percentages of quality rated centers so that families do have access and that they, so they do have choices. Mm-hmm. We know from our mapping that there's childcare everywhere sure. in Georgia, but there are areas that it's more sparse. Right, right. I think there are two counties where there is no licensed childcare, mm-hmm. and I think that's just the population just doesn't demand it. They may go to a neighboring county, um, but we're definitely always watching to make sure that um, we can help with that supply-demand question. Okay. These are uh, right off our social media, so we're just going to take them as they sort of came in. Is it true that only certified Georgia pre-K lead teachers are getting that salary increase? starting in September, and why are assistant teachers being left out? So Governor Kemp um, 
approved a salary increase for all K-12 teachers, and we were very fortunate that pre-K teachers were part of that because Georgia pre-K is part of the education pipeline. So all teachers, including Georgia pre-K lead teachers, will receive a $3,000 increase beginning next school year. Assistant teachers are also receiving an increase, so they will be receiving a 2% increase, um, all of them, and they've received increases over the most every year, anytime there's any type of increase for state employees, they're always included in that. So although they're not receiving the 3000 they are receiving a, 2000, a 2% increase mm-hmm. uh, beginning next school year. Okay. And we've had folks on the podcast in the past, particularly DECAL scholars, there are opportunities there for assistant teachers and teachers that are continuing their careers. Absolutely. So DECAL Scholars is several million dollar program uh, that incentivizes uh, folks to go back and get an additional credential or whatever whatever they may need in their professional career. So that's also an option for assistant teachers or any teacher out there. And let me just say, I know that's not in the paycheck, but it could be a right? benefit Absolutely. to you, save you some money down the road. This is from a parent. Um, I was wondering how you know if your child got picked for pre-K. Do they call or what? How does that work? So we have a about 3,800 pre-K classes around the state. And so it really just depends on the provider, whether it's your child care provider or you're going to your local school system. So um, obviously you've enrolled your child or you've put them on a list. So I would definitely check with where you've done that enrollment type paperwork and they'll let you know. And they all do it differently. Right. If you're on a waiting list, it's very nice if you're on multiple that once you get into a program, right. you'll kind of remove like yourself from the others, right? Yeah. Right. Kind of sort of skews our numbers mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. statewide on the waiting list. Um, here's one: I participated in Literacy Day at the state capitol and heard Governor Kemp talk about a quality-rated language and literacy endorsement. Can you tell us more about? Yes. So Governor Kemp um, is continuing to focus on literacy in our state, and he understands the importance of early childhood education uh, to improve our literacy rates in Georgia. And so he's asked DECAL to create a quality-rated language and literacy endorsement. Uh, Right now, you know, we have a three-star system, so you can receive a one, two, or three-star. When we're done with all this, you will also be able to receive a quality-rated language and literacy endorsement. So we're in the middle of creating that. We have a very small panel of uh, national and Georgia experts that actually understand the assessments and the tools that we would need to use to make sure that you're providing even that higher level of quality than maybe a three-star, uh, specifically focused on language and literacy. So we're working on that now. We hope to roll something out in January of 2020. It will probably be more of a pilot uh, to make sure that what we've created with this panel is is doing the right thing, because what we want to do is make improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be a stakeholder engagement portion as well before we roll it out in January. So more information to come on that. Speaking of 2020, you've got a deadline looming. We do, yes. And we don't want to lose focus on that with all the other projects that are going on. So by December 31st of 2020, in order to continue to receive CAPS funding, you must be quality rated. And we made that decision for a couple of reasons. And we made it not really just as DECAL leadership, but we have a DECAL advisory group that voted on that several years ago to make that decision. Because we know that quality is good for all children, but it's even more beneficial for children from low-income families in the way we uh, we address that in Georgia through our CAPS program. Mm-hmm. We know that's a, 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 a set of individuals that are low income. That's why they qualify for the program. Um, but we also know that with our state and federal dollars that go into CAPS, it's about a $250 million program. We also have to be responsible for that money to make sure we're directing it to work, to programs where we know are quality, and that's quality rated. Mm-hmm. We're still serving about 50,000? 50, 50,000, yes. We're serving 50,000 children in CAPS right now. Great. Um, 
here's one. Does DECAL work with home daycares in addition to the large child care programs? We do. So we call those family child care learning homes. And they are usually located in a person's home, but they are also licensed. They also receive the same uh, supports that any other child care center would receive as, all, as well. And they serve between three and six children in their home. So it's a smaller type program, but we do support them and they are licensed and receive the same supports that centers do. If you go to our website, there's information there. The rules are a little different, I guess. They're modified for family sure, daycare homes sure. based on the number of children right, and all right. of that. So um, uh, there's your answer. Here's one. I have my CDA. Do I still need to take the 10 hours per year of training? So good news on that. If you took CDA courses from a Bright from the Start approved trainer and you have your certificate, it right. can be applied toward the 10 hours of training that you would need for the year. So I would recommend that you uh, get more information from our professional development system, which you can do at gapds.decal.ga.gov. So we focus a lot on birth to five. This question is about older children. Do child care programs in Georgia offer any kind of after-school care? They do, and for the most part, they all do. Um, they actually offer before and after-school care because, uh, and usually the child care program um, will take those children to their local elementary school and pick them up because, as you know, a school day doesn't really align with a work day, so parents need that before and after-school care. So most of them do, yes, they do provide after-school care, and then they'll provide that summer care as well. Um, as I mentioned, CAPS, you know, CAPS pays for, you know, full-day child care, but it also pays for before and after care. And about 50% of our certificates are actually paying for before and after care for, for wow. families. We just did a survey, and I know we've got a podcast coming up with uh, the team that worked on the survey of providers about after-school care, mm -hmm. how to kind of help them out sure. a little bit more with curriculum, right. something to plan. We think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, you know, that is time that, yes, a child needs to decompress from a long day because academics are tough these days. Um, but you can also provide some structure and some quality around it so they can continue learning during that time mm -hmm. as well. So we're trying to support after school that way as well. More information coming up. Yes. Uh, so stay with us yes. here on TCAL Download. Um, we get a lot of comments about the recent media coverage of the Tennessee study on pre-K. And how does that apply to Georgia's pre-K program? It doesn't. That's all. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, so, you. yeah, you're right. We have um, we've gotten some questions about Tennessee's study of their pre-K program and the programs don't compare. Um, I try not to talk about other folks research because I'm not a researcher, um, but just very high level. Um, Tennessee's program is not the same as Georgia. Um, it's not set up the same. We're obviously a universal program, been around for 27 years, and we have our own longitudinal study that we would like to talk about, mm -hmm. not Tennessee's. It's not appropriate for us to talk about that. But for Georgia, our longitudinal study shows us that children make tremendous gains in all areas of learning above and beyond what would be expected, and they continue to make those gains. So um, good things are going in Georgia. Not sure why everyone likes to talk about Tennessee, but be rest, rest assured that Tennessee and Georgia are not the same. This is the classic apples and oranges <laughs> That's right. That's kind of right. moment. You know, each program's well, different. And it goes the same for any pre-K program. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard. They're all different, and they all develop them differently for their population. Mm -hmm. um, so I applaud Tennessee for actually taking a look, and I know 
they're trying to make improvements based on the results of that study that came out. And then on top of that, Dr. Ponder tells me that every type of research study it can be different, different as well. Yes, and it's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just trying to interpret what they mean by some of these things. Yeah. Um, and, and no research study can give you a yes or no answer. I've learned that in my time at DECAL. And it can be a little bit frustrating when you're first learning it. Like, I just need a yes or no. Does it work? You're like, well, you know, there are all these caveats. We can't really right. answer that question. Um, but our pre-K study's got some very good data and good results. And, and where we need to make improvements, we have, like the summer transition program right. we've implemented based on results from that study. Mm-hmm. Came right out of the mm-hmm. study. Mm-hmm. Um, here's kind of a general question. How do I report problems in a child care program? So we have a consultant, an intake consultant that is available 8 to 5 Monday through Friday that you can call or you can go to our website and report a complaint and we will log that complaint and then investigate it accordingly. And that happens uh, on pretty much on a daily basis, but I think most folks need to remember we inspect every licensed mm-hmm. childcare program twice a year, unannounced, mm-hmm. and then additionally based on complaints. Right, absolutely, and that information is available on our website. So um, I think that's really useful to parents too as they uh, make choices. They can go and see all of our reports where we've done those two visits as mm-hmm. well, and any complaints uh, that are substantiated, they can see um, what we found and how it was corrected. Right. If you got questions about a childcare program in your neighborhood, when you're wanting to check out. Good place to start, decal.ga.gov. This is kind of fun. From Twitter, Maggie Reeves says, my three-year-old gets so excited when he sees Callie on his MARTA ride. His comment yesterday uh, got me, given the purpose of the sign, and his question was, is Callie sharing her apple with friends? I love that. That's so cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'd love to see Callie on the back of the MARTA buses and all the advertisements that we're doing for our summer food program. Um, And to use Callie in that way, that's great. What she's is, known. She's known. She, I'll tell state. you, she's becoming more and more famous. Um, the idea of the summer food service program, how does that fall under us? Where does that fit? So I think it all stemmed out of we have always administered the child and adult food care program, which is administered by the USDA, and so is the summer food program. So it just made logical sense. We're already working with these types of nonprofit partners um, in some cases. So it just made sense to do that. We also um, administer the at-risk um, after-school program where we, we're able to provide meals through sponsors that way. But the summer food program is, is an amazing program that provides meals to students that would not have access to meals since they're out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're always looking for additional sponsors, um, trying to increase the number of meals that were served because we've got the capacity financially. We just need more sponsors to help us serve those meals in all the communities. Because if you're out of school, you don't have access to your school cafeteria. Um, so if we can help work with sponsors to provide those where children are in the summer, where it's a library or a summer a park or a swimming pool or wherever they may be, um, that's what our summer food program does. And you'll notice the difference with our program and maybe some others that you might see out there is there are other groups that are trying to feed children over the summer with PBJ and a bag of chips and a soft drink. Ours are USDA Yes. So they call those meal pat approved meal patterns, but basically it's a balanced meal. So you're not just getting a bag of Cheetos and a PB and J. You're getting some type of fruit or vegetable or milk. Um, So um, it's a little. It's definitely healthier in the eyes of USDA. Right. And uh, it's paid for by those folks, so we appreciate that funding and are happy to do it. From Instagram, Boss Man Dreams writes: I see a lot of grants out there for larger centers. Is there anything in the making for the smaller ones? You know, so it's hard to answer that specifically, but we do offer a lot of grants, and we don't usually target them towards any type of size of center or the number of children you serve. It's basically just the type of grants. I would encourage you to keep keep watching um, our 
our social media and our website as we announce grants. But they're always available no matter the size of the program. Just keep your eyes out. It just depends on the purpose of the grant. Okay. I don't know if this is an employee or just someone in the general public. They just want to know what excites you most about the role right now as commissioner. You know, um, I've really enjoyed my time as commissioner at DECAL. I've been here almost five years, which is really hard to believe. And I joke and say I've been out of my comfort zone for the last five years, <laughs> um, but it's been good. Um, the people are amazing. We have an amazing staff with a lot of dedicated folks that have been here for a really long time. But we do great things for children, and I think we're building a really good relationship uh, with families like we've never done before. I'm hoping with teachers like we've never been, done before, and with child care providers. We really want to be a support to them. And I hope that they're feeling that change in the way that we do business. We are regulators. We have to enforce our health and safety rules. But we also want to support them because childcare is a hard business. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing great things for children. And I hope that they feel that we're supporting them as well. I hope they know that a lot of the folks that are enforcing these rules once worked in childhood. They did, absolutely. And you know, health and safety is the foundation of everything. you got to get that right before you can do anything else. And when you look at our data, Child care is safe in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Got some new faces on your executive cabinet. A lot of changes <laughs> in the executive cabinet um, and all good changes. You know, uh, some I had some folks move on for great opportunities in other states or retirement. I've had about a 60 percent change in the last year. But um, excluding our CIO, Dennis, who came from the outside, everything has been from within DECAL. So we've been able to promote within. And I really like to do that. But, Pam, but you can feel it. There's a lot yeah. of changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got Pam Stevens at Childcare Services. Uh, Dr. Bentley Ponder yes. now, part of a whole new yes. group. If you remember system reform, mm-hmm. it has been changed to QIP, which is Quality Innovations and Partnerships, Partnerships. Right. Uh, has research under right. that. Um, Ryan so, Ringsred is new ever deputy in finance yeah. and administration. Wow. Um, and Looking Dennis back over the year. Bryce is our new CIO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we got everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mark Waits retired. He was my assistant. And so um, I have a new assistant now, Quandra Collins, who's great. The good news is Mark still does some part-time does, work yeah. with us. He so does. gone but not forgotten. <laughs> that's right. He's still here. All right. Well, um, I think that's it for this time around. You can follow DECAL on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've got the YouTube channel. We're on LinkedIn. And Commissioner Jacobs is on Twitter using the handle at... Com Jacobs, C-O-M-M-J-A-C-O-B-S. We'll uh, cast the net far and wide uh, again in the next few weeks, bring you back some more questions. Sounds good. I can't wait. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hello, my name is Ebony Ford, and I work in the IT department. And my question for Commissioner Jacobs is, how do we reach families who do not speak English and share information about our programs? So uh, that's a great question because, of course, you know, Georgia's population is changing and we have lots of different um, cultures and folks moving to Georgia that may not speak English. And so um, we, d- we have a translation service that we can use when that happens. We also have, um, I know, a handful of folks on staff that are bilingual and I know they, they speak Spanish because that's usually the, the language that we get the most. Um, I know there's technology out there that will translate our website into the um, language that you speak, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of our very specific programs here, one of our summer transition programs, the Rising Pre-K program, um, was developed to do just that. 
So for children who are dual language learners who their home language is not English, we offer six-week intensive program before they enter Georgia Pre-K. And this is specifically targeted at Spanish-speaking students and their families. And we actually have two teachers in the classroom, one that is obviously English-speaking and one that is bilingual. So we're supporting that home language and learning of English as well. Trying to get them better prepared to enter Georgia's Pre-K program. Right. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. What is Commissioner Jacobs' handle on Twitter? What is Commissioner Jacobs' handle on Twitter? Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers for a nice prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.